Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This show is going to be a good one. So grab your pumpkin spice latte, do that interval workout, make a mask, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we have my good friend and mentor, Kendra Bonker. Kendra is a mom of three wild girls, a spreadsheet lover, a self-proclaimed nerd, and also a nurse. She's passionate about leadership development and discipleship, and I've been lucky enough to call her my mentor for the last four years, which is crazy. Today, we're chatting all things accountability and how that plays into mentorship. And I know I said the word accountability, but don't turn off the podcast yet. We promise it's a good one and you won't want to miss it. Welcome to the podcast, Kendra. We are so glad to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, thanks for having me. I'm excited. This is I've never done this. It's new for me. Um, yeah, I'm Kendra. I live in Listowel. I grew up here, moved away for a little while, met my husband, and we ended up moving back this way. So it's uh, fun to be uh, back here and connecting again. Um, which I make that sound like it was recently, but it was like five years ago now, <laughs> maybe longer, seven. Um, yeah, I uh, love coffee as I couldn't come without my coffee this morning. And yeah, my girls are uh, eight, six and four and they keep me busy. And my husband is a wildly introvert, extroverted person and we have lots of fun at our place. We uh, enjoy having people over and doing life with others. Uh, of course, COVID has made that look a little different, but uh, it's still fun to get to connect where we can. And so today is fun to get to be with you ladies and record this. Yeah, we're so excited. To start things off, uh, we're in a mentoring series right now. And so how would you define mentoring and why is it important? Yeah, mentoring to me is having somebody in your life that can uh, speak into your life. Um, the person that will ask you maybe the hard questions, challenge you on some of the things that you maybe even already know that you need to be challenged on, and someone to hold you accountable. Um, I think it's so important because I think each of us has things in our lives that we want to grow in or work at, or even areas that we're already really strong in that we can use further or then you know, use to uh, teach somebody else from our own experience. Um, and mentorship is just an excellent way that you can do that. And um, I think sometimes people feel like mentorship is like daunting or scary, but it's really all about relationship. Mm. Um, so that's um, kind of in a nutshell why that's important to me. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, can you tell us more about the big turning points in your life when you started to become more passionate about the world of leadership development and all of this? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um I really like this question. As I was thinking, I was trying to figure out, like, where did this start? So I've always been nerdy and loved learning new things. Um, but I don't think as, like, a young person, I really, like, paid attention to that. But I think my start in leadership goes way back to when I was in high school. A friend and I um, and some others in my youth group wanted to start a youth band at our church. And there was leaders that came alongside us, but they also let us run with it a bit, too. Um, and I'm certain there were adults along the way that, you know, protected or defended us. I was unaware of those sort of things at that time. But, um, you know, I, I think those were key moments that I was able to start beginning those little bits of leadership and seeing what that looked like. And 
Um, yeah, so that that was youth band in high school. And then um, in college, I started working with the Ontario Youth Convention on their leadership team. And working with that group, again, I was given the opportunity to, to run with pieces, to, to build structure, to organize things, all things that I love to do. But the leaders that came alongside me um, were ones that, again, they could um, support me and help me through, uh, you know, if I, if I had a failure or something didn't go quite the way I wanted to. But even when things didn't work right, there were always people along the ride that I felt were still cheering me on. Um, so I think that was, uh, really helpful in my growth as a leader also, especially a young leader when you're not paying attention to like, what do I need to improve and how do I grow this? You just like boldly going along as a leader. Um, but through my work with convention, I ended up going to the global leadership summit and I was trying to think of what year was my first year. Um, but it was, I would say at least eight years ago. Um, cause I think it was before my first daughter was born and, Again, the nerd in me loved all the information in that, but there was something that resonated so deeply, like, oh my goodness, like this stuff is real that I, oh, if I applied that or, oh, if I tried that, like I could really improve myself as a leader and therefore, you know, ideally improve the world around me. Um, and so, yeah, I just continued to have a passion for that. And, and since then, anybody that is around me knows that I'm going to talk about the Global Leadership Summit. Um, I'm going to talk about leadership development. I'm going to talk about improving ourselves. And Ainsley's laughing, and rightly so, because from day one, that's what I do. Um, but I do believe it's each of our responsibility to continue to improve ourselves. And it's not because we're bad, but it's because there's always more that we can work at and to be better and better. And as we become better and better in certain gifts or maybe even areas of weakness, then we can work alongside with others to help them, um, you know, grow or improve in certain areas of their life. Um, so yeah, it's been a really important thing to me, um, for quite a while now. That's so good. I remember when I first started working in Listowel four years ago. Wow. Um, I remember Ainsley telling me about you guys, this Brad and Kendra Bacher. I was like, oh, they sound cool and nice. And then Ainsley mentioned the Global Leadership Summit to me. And she's like, yeah, Brad and Kendra are, um, usually get a group of people together. And they were wondering if you wanted to come. And I was all, I was like, oh my gosh, I maybe met you one or two times. And from that point on, I'm like, Brad and Kendra, they're my mentors from afar. They're like <laughs> plugging me in, you know, like giving me resources. And yeah, the Global Leadership Summit is amazing, right? Jam-packed with like world uh, renowned leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for that. I've definitely reaped the benefits of, of the things that God has taught you over the last, however many years as he's been, as he's opened your eyes to, yeah, the importance of leadership development and mentoring. And you guys have been in a mentoring relationship for the past four years, which is amazing. Um, can you tell us how did it all begin? Because I know it's a bit of a unique story. Yes, very much unique story. Um, I guess from my side, it started off as I was looking for a mentor kind of outside of work so that I could have someone that's kind of outside of what I was doing here. And I I wanted a mentor. I remember going to my boss, Kevin, and saying, you know, I want to look for another mentor. He's like, all right, you do that. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> and I just honestly started to pray like for somebody to ask. And I had met Kendra like very distantly once I think because I was 
helping at a nursery at like a woman's program that she was helping with. And so I kind of vaguely knew who she was. And I just kept like having her name come to mind. And I was like, um, God, like I know I said that I wanted you to tell me somebody, but like I was hoping I might know them. <laughs> but I just kept thinking of her. And, you know, I heard from somebody that she was into like discipleship or something. So I was like, well, I might as well. So I looked her up on Facebook. I don't even think we were even Facebook friends probably. And I just sent her a message and I was like, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Maybe someone to meet and have coffee like once a month. Just wondering if you might be interested. Let me know. And she responded back, you know, very intrigued and said she was going to ask Brad about it. And she ended up saying yes, obviously. Um, but yeah, I kind of just like, you know, shoot your shot kind of thing and went out and just asked her and, uh, it kind of worked out well. I mean, she can tell you a little bit more about what she was thinking from her side of things, but for me, it was kind of just a shot in the dark, like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So from my side of things, um, it was kind of in a season where God was putting on my radar that like, I've had people build into me. Um, and teach me along the way what it is to follow Jesus and what it is to be a leader and many other things along the way. Um, And so it was coming more and more on my radar that like, if there's people building into me, who am I building into? Um, And so hadn't really thought anything too seriously of it. I was also um, trying to get better at not saying yes right away to things because I get excited about stuff. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Um, but realizing that's not a healthy thing. Um, so when Ainsley had messaged me, I was like, first I was floored, like, oh my goodness, like mentor sounds like such a formal word. Like, who am I? I'm just Kendra. I just ramble and I'm a nerd and I do these different things. And, (laughs) but it was neat because it was affirmation for me. Like God has given me gifts and he's designed me for a purpose and I can downplay that or I can honor that. Um, and Mm. so Again, I don't know how formally I thought through all of those pieces in that moment, but I knew that it was something that intrigued me. I knew I couldn't say yes right away, so I put in there that I was going to talk to Brad because we always bounce stuff off of each other. Um, And then, yeah, we said yes, and we met up, and um, I'll let you tell the next part. Yeah, and I remember the first time we met, there was some sort of, like, woman's breakfast at my church that I would normally not go to, but for whatever reason, I was going to with a couple of my friends. And she kind of said, hey, do you want to have a little meeting before the breakfast? And I was like, absolutely. I would love to get up at 7 on a Saturday and meet you in the nursery. (laughs) So fun. Yes. And I just remember we went and we sat inside our church nursery on a couple of, like, the rocking chairs or something. And she just said, you know, so just what are you thinking? And I was not quite sure. I just said, this is where I'm at. This is how I thought of you. Um, And then, yeah, I think I just like shared my story with you. We just sat there and I told you everything, all that I was about. And we just kind of got to know each other. And then it just kind of slowly built from that point on. And we kind of just had our agreement. So then from my side of that, that morning that we met, um, Again, I don't know if I knew it at the moment, but that was like a really pivotal, huge moment in our relationship as, you know, the more formal side as mentor and mentee, because like Ainsley was very open with me, very vulnerable with me. Um, And that was, um, yeah, my green light for 
this is going to be real and we're going to talk mm. real and we're going to be because there's no point in entering into any sort of relationship if you're not going to be real with the other person you're wasting everybody's time but like right there in that moment from that first meeting um yeah that was that was definitely the green light of like this is going to go somewhere um and the other thing um that I just wanted to tie back to for a second um I love that Ainsley talked about before she made a move, she prayed about it. And I think that's the key in any of these sort of relationships is like pray about it beforehand, whether you're, you know, you've been approached by somebody and you're not sure whether you should say yes or not. You may love the person, but maybe it's just not the right time or the right fit or whatever. Um, Be praying about it. And then as Ainsley said, like praying for the right person and paying attention to like that person that won't go away. They're like, I guess that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot your shots in a Facebook message. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So Kendra, one thing that you're super passionate about is accountability, Mm. um, which is awesome. And I think that's something that a lot of people, myself included at times, can be kind of intimidated by. Um, What would you say are your key ingredients for a good mentoring relationship? Yeah, so I think there's some important parts. Um, there's got to be honesty uh, from both both parties. There's got to be vulnerability as well as safety. Um, and then, yeah, accountability. Uh, I think that piece is, I think all of those pieces are key because um, as I was saying earlier, there's no point in, in entering into a relationship if you're not going to have some of those key pieces. Um, it needs to be safe because if... Um, you know, Ainsley sharing something with me and she's worried I'm going to tell somebody else, whether it's about, you know, her work or her friends or her family or her social circle, anything. She needs to know it's a safe place. Um, and so those those pieces are key. But accountability, as you said, some people like they turn green at the thought of it, but it's not hounding somebody. It's that continual check in knowing that, OK, I, this is important to me and Kendra's going to check in with me about it. So what am I doing? Um, so I would say, you know, as, as a start, those are some big ones. And then, of course, if you're looking for a Christ-centered mentoring mentoring relationship, um, then, of course, you need to have prayer in there because um, those are those are key pieces as you go along. Yeah, I think that those were a big thing for me. And I think accountability, especially for kind of the first year or two, that was like a huge piece for me. And it wasn't like accountability with like, I suck at this thing and can you hold me accountable? It was more about, you know, what is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? That's like a classic Kendra question. And <laughs> I stole it from 3DM. Yeah, Not stole it. it. They willingly used it. Yeah. And, and so it was more about, you know, if I said, hey, like, I want to really work on my prayer life or I want to spend some more time discerning God's voice or, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this thing and I'm not really sure what my next steps are. And so it wasn't like, hey, did you do this thing? It was just like, how's that going for you? And um, there always was like the opposite of shame, whatever that word would be, <laughs> lots of grace. And, you know, even, you know, in praying that, like I know she would always pray, you know, against shame, against those sorts of feelings because that's not what it's about. And if that's what accountability is for you, then I think you need to maybe find a new accountability partner because I was really intimidated by that piece of it, but it definitely was not as scary as I thought. It was more just kind of, you know, following up with the things that I was already talking about. So I think that's really good. Well, and I love what you said there too about um, guilt and shame, because I absolutely believe those are not from God. He he might convict something and that's where he wants to draw something out. I love the phrase, um, 
oh, conviction. Conviction is not condemnation. It's an invitation to something more. And that's what it's about is mining out those pieces because then you can, you know, you're mining for the gold where guilt and shame is something that really just shuts a person down. So that's not what we're looking for. We're looking to find those pieces that you're like, hey, this is kind of, I feel like I need to. And it might be around an area that is not a pretty area in your life where you're like, I need some work around. But even that, that's a something of conviction to bring somebody into hope and restoring maybe a, a certain area of their life. But if it's guilt and shame, then... I definitely believe that that is not of God. That is from the devil and he's trying to, you know, shut you down and paralyze you and make you stay quiet. Whereas conviction and speaking about that with somebody else, then you really get to, you know, mine for gold within yourself or with and the person that you're working alongside um, and beautiful things come from that. So I think those are huge things to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And especially when I think those not so pretty things are coming from the person being mentored to the mentor. Like it's not like someone's pointing their finger at you saying, hey, you need to work on this. It's me saying, hey, I need to work on this and bringing those convictions to them, um, which I think is good. And I mean, there's room for as you get to know somebody for discernment and things like that. But I think for me, like when I'm bringing those things to a mentor, then that's my piece coming to them and it's not like out of a place and that's where all those things you mentioned before the ingredients of honesty and vulnerability and safety like all come into play all in one big beautiful recipe totally and when we were talking before we talked about um discernment um and listening as part of this so like two examples of the accountability piece where like that's on Ainsley to come up with what she wants to be held accountable for and that can sometimes happen right in the moment through conversation but also as I'm listening it's paying attention to things Ainsley's saying that as we're in relationship um so an example was I hope it's okay I share this one you can get rid of it otherwise Uh, um an example from Ainsley was as I was listening to her a lot of her schedule she had pretty much every night was filled up and that's okay because she's like a people person she has energy from being around people but I also know you know, deep down, it's not healthy if we're always on the go, go, go. So for like months, especially leading into, I can't remember the exact timing of when we started having these conversations, but September was coming up again, which is when programs and all that start. And I remember being like, definitely not hard on her, but definitely persistent of like, what's your schedule going to look like? How are you going to get yourself a night in the week that it's your choice, what you're going to do with it and not that it's, you know, work or ministry, that sort of thing. You, you got to protect your schedule. Um, and so that was an area too, where it was me trying to listen and discern and be like, this dear woman would give her entire calendar away, but that's not a healthy thing. Um, where the other side of it being, like Ainsley said um, earlier, if there was, um, you know, an area of prayer or something like that, that she really wanted to work on in her life, that's an area that I could check in with her about. And okay, so Ainsley, last month when we met, like you said, you wanted to, you know, spend some more time in quiet prayer each week. How's that been going? It's not me grilling her like, you know, pray more Ainsley, pray more because that's, that's not helpful. That's not even, I don't even want to say that. (laughs) Um, But then it becomes a reminder for her. Oh yeah, I said I wanted to do that, but it just hasn't happened. It's like, okay, I'll check in with you about again next, next time. And sometimes those things might be on the radar for, you know, several meetings in a row. I say meetings, but coffee dates. (laughs) Um, 
but sometimes like she herself would identify something that like, okay, we're not really going that direction anymore. Maybe it's around a ministry thing that she's been trying to work out. It, it could be anything. Um, but that's where it's always listening and discerning. Like, where do I need to give some challenge? Um, and where is Ainsley saying, I want to grow in this area. And then I just need to check in with her and hold her accountable in that way and not grilling her and hounding her. But again, bringing her to this um yeah, mining out more of that in her as it becomes another area of gold. So good. So good. Um, as you guys are talking, I just I was just thinking like what a beautiful picture of like what it's like to walk with Jesus, right? Kendra, you're not Jesus, right? And no, I know that you're absolutely like, right, but like how beautiful it is that like mentorship really is mm-hmm. a picture of walking with the Lord in a different way, right? Absolutely. But that yeah, these relationships are are real gifts, right? So Well, and that's where it's neat when you can find people on earth that you see like, oh my goodness, that that person like is like Jesus. There's a older woman in my life whom I adore and like I want to serve Jesus like she serves Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like she herself would be like, I'm not Jesus, Kendra, and I know that, but like the way she loves and cares and carries herself and talks in that, it gives me something that I'm inspired by. But it's me identifying those things because that's something I hope to be able to pass on to the next person. So I guess even that is a way that we influence people in a less formal setting than a mentorship setting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I went on that random tangent. So. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a lot of good things about mentoring, right? It's biblical. It's good whether you are a believer or not. Um, you know, like it's a good thing. Um, can you guys shed some light on some of the challenges that come with mentoring? Because obviously, it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. <laughs> what? Of course it is. Crazy. Um, yeah, so a couple of things... Um, that come to mind right away are scheduling. Um, If you don't get it on the calendar, it's not going to happen. That's kind of how things work for me. I'd rather... We know from experience. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And I read somewhere recently, oh, I wish I could pull the quote up. Um, But basically they said, if it's not a priority, it's not a priority and it's not going to happen. And you could say you want something to happen, but until you make it an actual priority, it's not going to. So make it a priority and get it on the calendar to show that it is. And then you can make those. Like when we would end one coffee date meeting, um, we typically would book the next one. And that was a really healthy way for us to make sure that they kept happening. And then for myself as, uh, well, and Ainsley knows as she gotten to know me, like I am like lines, graphs, spreadsheets, <laughs> schedules. This is what I do. Um, so for me too, like learning and growing as a mentor, um, it was learning to be um, intentional, but not rigid um, and to keep it relationship focused and not just a check mark. And like Ainsley and I hit it off from the start. So I don't feel like that was like terribly difficult for us, but there was kind of this awkward phase that like for me that I had to work through of not being like, okay, now we are going to discuss, you know, A, B, and C that I wrote down from the last time that we met. Mm-hmm. Um, but really making sure that, you know, we're, we're generally checking in with each other and, um, you know, having conversation in a way that we care about each other instead of just hitting all the check marks. So it's that balance of making sure that we do, because if we don't ever get back to checking in on how things are going and, you know, some of those areas, which was the purpose for our relationship, um, then that 
waste time too. Um, so it was, it's, it's managing that the relational piece, the intentional piece, but not being rigid. Yeah. I think that those things are good. And I think, um, for me, I think it's easy to come and just like sit and be like only expecting your mentor to do all of the work. And I think that like, I mean, there's, I don't like when I wanted a mentor, there wasn't like a rule book that was handed to me about how this works. And I was, you know, like 19 or something like that. And so I think I've learned a lot since then about, you know, showing up and like showing up fully present, like, cause you can be there physically and not there mentally. But I think making sure that that hour or whatever it is of that person's time that you're really valuing it and not just valuing it but just like taking advantage of it in a way that you know I want to make the most out of what's happening and even if I end up doing most of the talking it's still me being real there um and you know like some things that I can think about are you know depending on what your mentoring relationship looks like because they can be very different but you know like having a question that you're going to come with or something in mind that you want to talk about or you know following up on those things like if someone is trying to hold you accountable to something and follow up with certain things you know I'm not going to show up you know month after month for six months and have never done anything with that because then I think um I mean not to be like a little bit bold but like what's the point when you're at that point yeah absolutely you know um and it sometimes does work out as it does with all kinds of things that you know maybe it's not a great fit or maybe there's you know a spot in your life where you're not maybe working together super well but I think avoiding that tendency to yeah just come and be like oh yeah I'm doing this to kind of check it off the box but you're not going to get um much out of the relationship and you're kind of doing a disservice to the wisdom that you're trying to to get from the person that you're talking to so I think that that's really important too is just being really real and taking advantage of the the time that you have with them yeah absolutely and um going a little bit on what Ainsley said too like you have to uh you have to assess the relationship mm-hmm. and see like if you've met together for coffee and you feel like you can't be really honest with that person whether it's the mentor or the mentee you you need to call that and you need to end that there um it's the same as if you were looking for a therapist or a counselor or you know anything else Um, It needs to be somebody you can trust or you're wasting everybody's time. And that's not a bad thing to say, like, I don't think this is the right fit for what I was looking for. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you're better off to be honest then than six months later, like both of you feeling deflated about that this isn't really what either of us thought it was going to be. Thankfully for Ainsley and I, like, we, it worked and we could both, like, work through the awkward of, like, what is it like to mentor? What is it like to have a ment- mentee, mentor relationship? Yeah, there is kind of an awkward growing stage in that. Yeah. And I think that can be a challenge is, if I could like relate it to a metaphor, I play guitar. And so I always have parents come and ask me about their kid playing guitar because what happens a lot of the time is that the first little bit is fine when kids play guitar because they learn how to do a few things. And then they're like, okay, this is great. And then I find always there's a bit of a hurdle that comes next before it gets easier again. And so I see a lot of people that start to play the guitar and then they always hit this hurdle of, okay, now I need to actually learn how to play music, not just play chords. And I find a lot of people stop there. They don't get over the hard part, like the little Mm -hmm. part of just figuring out how it all fits together. And so I think like, I think of that a little bit too, is that like, you get in, you're like, okay, this is cool. Someone said yes to me. And then you kind of hit maybe a little bit of an awkward part of just figuring out 
okay, how does this actually work of us actually working together? What does this look like? What should it look like? And then, you know what I mean? If you don't get past that kind of awkward part a little bit, then that's when you get into the good stuff and you get to actually, you know, have have the richness of that relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I also, like, as you're saying that, I'm like, I think if somebody's looking to start out in a, you know, as a mentor or looking for a mentor, like even having a question in mind, because I think about how Ainsley mentioned earlier, earlier, um, what is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? Like even just having something like that, that that's going to be your, your checkpoint of each of your, you know, times you get together. Um, it gives you somewhere to start and then you can see where it grows from there. And if it's, you know, a relationship that's not faith-based, um, find a question similar, like who, who do you want to become? Um, and what are you going to do about it? You know, um, that, that sort of thing. Like, are you, is it, something character-wise that you're after? Is it something occupational that you're after? Like there's some sort of skill set or some sort of growth that you're after in requesting this relationship. So, you know, tie it around that to begin with so that you have uh, somewhere to go, somewhere to work from. Because it, it, it is awkward at first. Like how, how does this, how are we? Yeah. So, mm. so just some sort of question or point of like, what's our purpose? That leads really nicely into the next question I have for you guys. Um, what advice would you give someone who is looking for a mentor or is looking to mentor someone? Yeah, I think we mentioned this, uh, at least Kendra did a little bit, but I think coming in real from the start, like you have to come in with your whole self. Um, and, you know, not that you have to share every little nitty gritty detail about your life, but you need to be you from the beginning. I think that that is the number one. And as far as like the actual looking for someone, I think like don't expect a mentor to fall in your lap. I have definitely heard lots of people say like, oh, I'm so jealous that so-and-so mentors you or that you have this. And I just wish that, you know, I always wanted a mentor, never been able to find one. And I, I have a mentor that came to me and they asked if they could if I'd be interested in that. Um, but I've also reached out to people and I think that that is an important thing. And, um, you know, I kind of boldly went out, like I said, and asked Kendra and, you know, something kind of funny about me and Kendra that we, we can't forget to say is I just remember one time we were at, uh, a conference together and, uh, we were like sitting at opposite sides of the room, but the person was talking about kind of having someone to, to mentor you and about asking them and they said don't get married on the first date you know like you don't need to ask them if they're going to be your mentor forever you just need to ask them if they want to go for coffee so you can pick their brain um you know don't get married on the first date and I just look and I get a text from Kendra saying getting married on the first date worked pretty well for us (laughs) (laughs) so we've laughed about that so much though we got married on the first date but for us it worked and Mm. yeah so I'm I'm thankful that it worked and that's been the beauty of our situation like where we started out as two people that didn't we knew of each other but didn't really know each other um but as time went on like we've become good friends and so that's been beautiful um I think with that too is you know that whole like getting married in the first date not being rigid about what it's going to look like necessarily um because you know some people might have like a I really want to sit have a meeting really formal very intentional some people you know, might just want to have you come over and sit at their house and, and it might change over the years, which is what we've kind of experienced too. And so not being rigid with what it looks like and just open to how it could look. 
Um, and then kind of my, my last thing that you won't be surprised by is just to pray. I think that there's so much value in saying, God, like you believe in mentorship. You see so many times in the Bible mm-hmm. of somebody who is older or wiser or just been where someone has not been before and saying, hey, this is how I do it. And not that they're perfect, like we're imperfect people, but you know, that God has modeled in the Bible for us to be able to learn from others. And so just being like, okay, God, like, what does this look like? Who is this? And and just praying for that person, praying for a good relationship with that person. And I think, yeah, when you're looking, just asking God for wisdom. It worked out really well for me. I don't know if it's an exact science, but I think it's at least a good idea. So um, prayer, maybe yeah. a good idea. Prayer. I think that that is just of utmost importance. So mm. Yeah, definitely. And when you're talking, um, you know, what what sort of advice would I give somebody starting out? If I'm talking to the mentor more specifically, um, over time and looking back, I see that um, boundaries and awareness in what I say is really important. Um, If you are mentoring somebody, um, you, whether you think it's true or not, you have influence in that person's life and you can use that for good or you can use that for harm. Um, And so an example of that would be, um, you know, what's something that I could say that would send her in the wrong direction as far as um, the the example I gave when we were chatting was about Kevin, uh, Ainsley's boss. Mm. I have great respect for him. So this is a completely untrue statement. Um, But I could say, you know, oh, that Kevin, he's, you know, such a, you know, whatever, um, something negative about him. And that would be so unfair because without, you know, maybe even realizing it, just simply because of the relationship that we've begun, um, I could then begin to twist Ainsley's version of Kevin because, well, Kendra said that he, you know, hmm. Um, And that would be so unfair. So I think as a mentor, you have to really um, find that balance of, being real and being vulnerable, but knowing, you know, boundaries and awareness of what I can say, whether it's something against a person or an organization or a, you know, a certain very, I don't know, deep or controversial, you know, biblical view, whatever it may be, you have to be really aware of where you could unfairly be setting somebody up um, for a negative opinion of somebody or something. Uh, As time goes on, then sometimes that changes. Like Ainsley and I, as we have become um, more friends than just, uh, you know, just quote unquote, a, a mentor mentee relationship. We've really grown to become friends. And so now, yeah, we talk real about everything. There's not too much that I wouldn't tell Ainsley. I don't know that there's anything that Ainsley doesn't know about me now. <laughs> We're pretty real. Um, <laughs> but that's also because she now knows my heart and she knows where I come from. And even in the things that I get frustrated, it's not just, you know, the situation or the person that I'm frustrated at. It's, you know, sorry, it's not just it's not just the person that I'm frustrated at. It's likely more the situation and, you know, where others are hurting and that sort of thing. But you can't come out guns a-blazing with all your viewpoints and thoughts and opinions. Mm. Um, you need to allow the time for trust to grow and for a person to really get to know each other. Wow. I Like, I'm hearing a lot, uh, an emphasis on the importance of discernment and prayer mm. and a lot of this, which Absolutely. is, yeah, so, so important. 
you guys kind of touched on it. You guys are doing a really good job of leading into the next question. <laughs> so thank you. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot about it, right? Mentoring relationships can look a lot different. Some are formal and uh, can focus on goal setting and really intentional in that way, um, whereas others are um, kind of morph into a friendship. Can you guys kind of touch on uh, or expand, I guess, on where you guys are at now? Yeah, I think that it it, it kind of does morph with the seasons. And, you know, I think of even in the beginning, it was pretty, you know, like we would meet once a month for an hour, go get lunch or go get coffee. And as seasons change and we had different, you know, availabilities in our life, it would change to, you know, being like, you know, we'd go over to her house because Marley was there and we would have coffee and, you know, different things like that. And sometimes it was just, you know, me kind of there in her life with her kids. It wasn't always formal and sometimes it was formal. And um, yeah, I think now we're at a little bit of a different place and I'm not quite sure when or how it happened, but over the last couple of years kind of morphed into more of a friendship than a mentoring relationship. But I still think it's cool because our friendship started on the basis and the foundation of being really intentional. And so I still feel like we are still committed to each other growing and still those things. And I still often come to her with questions and thoughts and she still holds me accountable to things like my schedule. However, yeah, we've been in like a small group together and had some more of those things. And it's definitely more of a, a friendship of more equal playing field than it used to be, which I think is cool because I think it can be afraid of being like, OK, no, 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 this is what this is. But kind of what I said about being flexible with what it looks like, I think that's kind of been how we've kind of become now a different thing than when we started um, four years later. And so I still think it's good and intentional. But yeah, it definitely looks a little bit different or a lot different than yeah. it used to. Well, I think because of where we started as, you know, mentor, mentee and check in and holding each other accountable, like as our friendship has grown, there's really like I still feel just as much that Ainsley and I can do that for each other as when we first started, if not more, because um, there's even a deeper level of trust as we've gotten to know each other. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like it's not now where I'm like, oh, Ainsley's my friend. So I don't really think I could like hassle her about her schedule for like month after month. She like, still does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been neat definitely to see that morph as like we do like life on life together now. Um, so that's been, yeah, a beautiful blessing that's come out of this kind of experiment that we started. <laughs> <laughs> it's no surprise that I, I'm a sentimental person. So <laughs> this question that I have for you is definitely um, tipping a hat to that side of me or that part of me. Um, but what's been the biggest gift that you guys have received from this mentoring relationship and now like by the sounds of it have really become part of each other's life right I hear Ainsley talking about how she came, went over to the Bakker's house just to hang out with them right or it's in the winter and after dropping Ainsley's like do you want to go skating Brian and Kendra have a rink in their backyard <laughs> uh, which I think is amazing but yeah what would you say has been the biggest gift that you guys have um, gained from yeah this relationship <laughs> yeah I think that um, one, I guess, kind of scale or like area of my life that I saw a lot of growth in through my relationship with Kendra was about kind of prayer and listening to God's voice. I think I learned a lot. I know I learned a lot about kind of that idea of um, maybe kind of working and being more comfortable in the area of like the prophetic, but also just saying, you know, God speaks to you and just how does that 
look and you know how do you go about that and I think that I was very naive in a lot of those areas I hadn't really had any exposure to those things and so I think in those things in you know wanting to pray for somebody healing like some of those areas I think that I I I grew greatly in those things even that question like we said we brought up is you know what is God saying to you and I was like huh what is God saying to me and I think now that's become a lot more of my person about like some pretty formative things in, in my life and my ministry um, is from that. And so I think I would say like as far as something that really grew in me, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, I also just really love that. I know that there's someone that I can go to. I think that was a huge part. I mean, Kendra walked through some really difficult seasons with me, which I didn't know were going to come at the time. And you know, I, you know, whether it was, you know, me sitting in McDonald's with her crying in the corner of McDonald's <laughs> or just, you know, throughout the week when things would happen, I always knew there was someone who knew it was going on. So I could send a really quick vague text and say, hey, can you pray for this? And she would know. And also, I think knowing that Kendra's the kind of person who says, you know, yeah, I'll pray for that. Like her and Brad are going to pray like right there. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge gift to me is just knowing that there was always somebody that I can go to. Yeah, I think as Ainsley saying that one of the more like this might sound self-centered for a moment, but like seeing some of the things that she's grown in has affirmed some of those gifts in me. So that's been Mm -hmm. very helpful. Mm -hmm. And again, something I didn't know at the beginning. It's just as I start to look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I grew in confidence about that, too, didn't I? Okay, cool. And like those truths about myself. So that's really uh, has been a neat thing. But like one of the... um, there's so many gifts about this relationship with Ainsley, but I, I've said to her, I'm like, I live vicariously through Ainsley. Like she, you know, is so outgoing and creative and musical and travels and does all of these beautiful things. And she carries so many of the gifts that I do not. Um, so it's really fun to like do life with her and um, experience some of those things through Ainsley. Um, so yeah, it's just been so fun. Um And then, yeah, I would say just growing as friends. Like when we started meeting, she was this young 19-year-old that, you know, coming out of school, following God's heart, starting this ministry. And like, I was floored. Like, what incredible, like, passion and commitment. Um, Because I can't say that, like, I would have been as committed if God told me that right out of high school. Um, You know, would it have felt daunting? I don't know. But here was Ainsley going after it. And I was so proud of her for that. And just like, seeing the growth in her um well and like continued growth because like she was already like an incredible person at that time but seeing her again just mining more and more gold out of herself from the gifts that she had and things to grow in has just been incredible to watch and yeah gaining another friend and Ainsley is like all in in my life um you know my girls church family everywhere like we've traveled done conferences Last year we were in Dallas at this time, conference, and we could still travel. <laughs> uh, you know, that, it, it's just been beautiful. And I'm so grateful uh, that, yeah, Ainsley, you know, asked me to get married on the first date. <laughs> and it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's one thing, too, is that we were really well together because we're kind of opposites in a lot of ways. I would say yeah. we're so passionate about a lot of the same things, yeah. but very different. I think of, you know, iron sharpens iron. I think that's very much us. Um, I tend to be more like flexible and, you know, a little bit just more spontaneous Mm -hmm. and Kendra loves spreadsheets, which (laughs) I like never use a spreadsheet before I met her. Now I love spreadsheets. So I think if anything, that's one thing 
Um, but yeah, I think some of those ways where we were different, like we grew each other in those areas and just Mm -hmm. seeing how, oh yeah, some of those things can be really helpful, practical level, internal level, like all those things. So I think that was like one thing that was just, God knew that we didn't was how well we would work together because we had a lot of differences. So yeah, definitely. Thus concludes sentimental moments with Jen. Thank you. (laughs) I like them too. Yes. Oh, so good. Any final thoughts to wrap up this conversation? Um, I guess one of my like encouragement for people, you know, whether it's somebody wishing they had a mentor or someone feeling like, you know, God's putting on their heart that they, you know, maybe should be pouring into somebody else's life. Um, and another word that I think jives well with mentorship is discipleship or apprenticeship. Um, they all fall in the same vein as God has given you gifts. Um, he has put passions in you. He has wired you in certain ways, and he did that on purpose. And what are ways that you can use that to grow the next person alongside you? Um, you know, for, for their better, for Christ's better, for making this world a better place, um, whatever your scenario looks like, but don't shy away because it sounds daunting or you think, oh, I'm inadequate. Like there was nothing in me that was like, I can totally rock this mentor relationship thing. No, I, it was like fear and trembling and like reading and articles and Ainsley gave me a great book right off the start. Like (laughs) it it was bumpy. It was awkward. Mm. It was, it was interesting at times, but it's been so rewarding. So don't shy away thinking like, oh, I can't. Don't think of all the things that you're not. Think of all the things that you are. Yeah. And I think the only thing that I would say is, as I said, like shoot your shot. Um, I don't, I think that sometimes we have this tendency to think like that person doesn't want to build into me, but I think that a lot of people kind of wonder who they could do that, or I don't know what that would look like. And so I think more often than not if you ask somebody they may feel you know like oh I'm not ready or I'm not adequate but I think that when you're prayerful again that God does a work in that and so I just think yeah not being too worried about like oh will they want to mentor me will they want to build into me I think that um not going in with those things in your head and just saying okay we're gonna do this and see how it looks um I would just say that yeah um one last thought like one of the things I have to keep in mind is there's been so many people along the way that have built into me that like I could fill a whole room with them. So none of this is, you know, oh, my own smarts. It's the things I've learned along the way from those who've gone before me. Um, So it's just continuing to get to pass those things on to the next person and the next person. Yeah, I think that's good. Like you ever look back on something that happened a year ago and you're like, ooh, I would have done that better. It's like instead of having to look back and be like, ooh, I should have done that better. You have someone that's actually been ahead and I was like, okay, I would have done that differently and saying, you know, you could do this differently too. It kind of saves you a few failures along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So to end off <laughs> our conversation, Kendra, because we, we've already heard Ainsley's, what is the best piece of advice you have received? Um, so something that started way back uh, when I was young in our household, probably as teenagers, the phrase, it's all as fun as you make it. And I didn't realize what a great phrase that was until I continued on in life. I'm like, my fun is on me. So it's all as fun as you make it. And then the other one that I love is everyone wins when a leader gets better. If you're an awesome leader, you can still get better. Mm. Um, so yeah, those those are my two that I love. Awesome. Kendra and Ainsley, <laughs> thank you so much for 
Um, yeah, your wisdom for sharing about your journey with mentoring with each other and how that has morphed and changed. I'm really, really encouraged and seeing the way that Jesus uses these relationships to grow us and to change us and to make him more like himself. But it's really glorifying to him too. Um, doing life with people. So Kendra, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're so thankful for you. And like I said before, you and Brad have been like my mentors from afar through Ainsley. And I am so, so thankful for the way that you guys live your life as an example worthy of following. So thank you. Thanks. That's so encouraging. And like for Brad and I too, we're you know, we're not going to write every time, but we are trying to chase after Jesus the best we can. And so hearing things like that is just encouraging to be like, okay, somewhere along the way, we're going the right direction. And uh, yeah, you don't even always realize the people you have influence on. So that's really encouraging. So thank you. Oh yeah, anytime. <laughs> I will be your hype woman from afar. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to stay updated on everything that's going on, you can follow us on Instagram at just work friends, or you can check out our podcast wherever podcasts are found or by finding us at anchor.fm slash work friends.